and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And this week we're going to look at Rocket Knight Adventures for the Sega Genesis. Uh, but before we start that, you know, normally we talk about what we've been playing, uh, but I think we all kind of haven't really been playing a lot uh, that would be different than the previous few weeks. Uh, except that today there was a pretty interesting Nintendo Direct about uh, new indie games coming out, and that made me think, I've been buying, I went on like a spending spree on the Nintendo mm -hmm. indie channel lately, and uh, mm -hmm. and and then you brought up last week, Billy, that you've been playing Toe Jam and Earl, so oh, what, did yeah. you, what do you think of it? I, I love it. Uh, it. It is, I, I can't believe it. Actually, I when I first heard, you know, that kickstarting this thing, obviously the first belief is, well, that's that's never happening. Uh, and then I found out it was, and I could actually put my pre-order in, and, and I was really excited the, the entire time because I'm a huge Toe Jam and Earl fan, especially that first game. Uh, and from what I heard, it was just going to be similar gameplay-wise to the first, except you know, just just looking nicer nowadays. Uh, and that's what it is. I mean, it plays like the first game. I, it is. Uh, it's it's not a remake, but just a, a sequel. I, it's got the the loosest possible plot to it but it didn't really need one it just needs to get them back on earth looking for pieces of their ship and just with a wacky ass cast of good and bad human characters and it is a, a phenomenal phenomenal game if you love the first one it is a 100 percent guarantee you're gonna like this one I mean, have they changed it up any at all, or is it just I, literally I mean, the Genesis you've got, game? Uh, you've got a, a wider variety of uh, characters you can play as, uh, and they have stats. Um, I know in the original, you know, Toe Jam was a little quicker, Earl was was slower, but I think had more health to him. Uh, there are six characters now, um, and each one has, has their own stats. You kind of can level up as you go along also. Uh, things uh, from speed to uh, kind of your luck with the, the presents you pick up and things like that. Uh, there's just a whole slew of new characters as far as the, the, the good characters you can interact with, um, the, the you know bad characters also. There are just a, a ton of them now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's like the Genesis game, but just more. There, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more presence as far as I can tell. I'm still finding ones several playthroughs in that I, that I haven't encountered before. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a good time. Yeah, I think it has more, um, not just different enemies, but it's faster. It's a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What I was disappointed with, I mean, again, if, if you didn't like the original Toad Jam and Earl, this is not going to change your mind because it's, mm -mm. it's basically as close to the original as you can get uh, on, on a console now without just being a you know, a collection that has it on there. But, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I bought it on Switch, one, because I like Toe Jam and Earl, but also I saw that it was four players. And I was mm -hmm. like, I could play this with my kids, and they would think this is hilarious, and I would have someone to play it with, because no one else on Earth would play this with me. This is going to be great. Well, it, it didn't say anywhere until you get into the game, which means you bought it, that it's four players online. Oh. And two players couch co-op. So yeah. I was all excited that I had this four-player count, you know, game I could play with my kids. No, no. So then, you know, they, we would I would take turns playing with them, and that's fine. And then they would play together, but they're not quite old enough to get some of the some of the concepts of like some what some of the special characters do to mm. you know, identify presence or any of that stuff. So they would just laugh at things, which is all I did when I played it when it was new. You know, the mm -hmm. laughing at the boogeyman or whatever. That, that's funny, and they they did enjoy it. But so then I had this this urge to find a four-player co-op game I could play with them. Because, again, they're, they're young enough, it's hard for me to find games that are are something they can can get, but that also mm. would be fun for me. Uh, so I, <laughs> on a recommendation, even though I, knowing that it would probably just frustrate me, I bought Overcooked. Overcooked is Ooh. great. Overcooked is super that, fun, but playing with two is, small children is a bad choice. That is a bad choice, because there is an overwhelming need to curse when you play that game. Well, what I determined is, one... I'm not a fun person to play games with. Uh, but in this case, it's good because someone's supposed to essentially be in charge, or else what would you mm -hmm. ever get done? So if I just yell directions, uh, we were getting through the levels, and they were very happy with that progress. Uh, but you could tell they were not having the most fun they could have. <laughs> <laughs> As I might get a little bit heated. Uh, but yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. But the, I, I don't know if either of you guys have talked about that before, but that's a that's a really fun... I mean, It I, is. Not a cooking sim, but essentially a cooking real-time strategy game i don't i don't know mm -hmm. how else to describe it that's pretty fun uh, my, and then my experience with cooking with that game is uh i played that with my my girlfriend at the time and uh she's she's fairly easygoing we played a lot of games together 
And, uh, you know, that I've never had an issue with her actually getting mad playing a game. Mm-hmm. That was the first time she actually got so mad playing yeah. a video game that she had to stop. Mm-hmm. And it was because she couldn't stand playing it with me. <laughs> she wanted to she wanted to do things her way. You know, you have to actually, like, go around the, uh, the kitchen and, and, you know, make these recipes as you're going if you've never played this game. Um, and, like, she, she had it in her head of, of, of a, a way that she wanted to do it. She wanted to be in charge. And I'm over here probably drunk off my ass trying to make a cheeseburger and doing it the worst way ever and falling through cracks and stuff like that. And uh, she refused to ever play that game with me again. Mm. So <laughs> that's that's my memories of that game. I remember it being a pretty fun game. I enjoyed it. But the next time I said we should play that, she was like, we shouldn't know. We, sh- we should never do that again. <laughs> my, my kids do like it as long as we take our time and I'm willing to to not be determined to get, you know, three stars, like the ultimate rating on each level, then we're all happy mm-hmm. and we move on. Uh, so, But that, that's been a lot of fun, and it was four-player, and that's good. But then since I was already in there, I just started flipping through things that were on sale. I bought a game that I can't explain why I bought, except that it was a dollar, and I have a gambling problem. I bought Super Blackjack Battle 2 Turbo, which is a like a <laughs> Street Fighter 2 themed blackjack game but without any of the street fighter characters i I don't know how else to describe it i'm not going to shit on you too much because i bought it later that same day i I finished it with no problem it's easy uh the the actual game if you play through like quote story mode is you're Mm -hmm. just going to different cities and playing one person and whoever has the most money at the end of 10 rounds or whatever wins Mm -hmm. Uh, and then i played endless blackjack mode but i don't know what the point of that is Uh, i just like playing blackjack and especially if i'm watching some movie I, I don't care about on TV or if I'm pretending to work and I could have my Switch in front of me. I might play hours of Blackjack for no reason, but I, I can't say I recommend it for anyone who doesn't want to do that. But then <laughs> I I did buy a game I actually was really happy about. I bought Ape Out. Ape Out is super mm. cool, and it's, uh, it's, it's a very, very simple concept. You're an ape trying to escape through a, a bunch of armed guards to, to get back to the wild. And so the whole, you know, there's only, there's a, a motion stick that lets you move, and then there's a button that grabs people and a button that slams people into the ground. And that's it. And you just have to be fast. And you can't stop. You don't, can't plan through. The levels are randomly generated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, every, all the reviews are like, oh, well, there's this jazz background. When you do things, it makes music change. I, I don't want to go that far. It, it definitely has a jazz background, and the music gets more exciting as you're doing things. But they just make it so every time you throw someone, it hits a cymbal. And I guess that's very jazzy because there's no rhythm. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, the, the actual concept, it's tough. I mean, I've gotten through three of the four levels I think it starts with, and uh, and it's it's a lot of, of – it's very violent, but, <laughs> but a lot of fun. And, and the kind of simple game that – you know, much like when Meat Boy came out or Explosion Man where it's like, so this is all the game is, but somehow it's absolutely incredible. That, that's what this was like. I started playing it, and I was like, this isn't going to get good. And I must have spent now eight hours just running this ape through the last few missions. It's great. Well, I suggest we just toss all of those games out the door mm. and and into the trash pile because let's talk about the real game that came out today that matters. And there's an actual sequel to Blaster Master Zero. Yes. And it, that it, came it, out out of nowhere. It I lost my mind when I saw that. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. I thought I was the only person that liked that game. So I was very excited to see it come out. I what was that was the Wii, wasn't it? So no, it wasn't the one on the WiiWare. Uh, that was just called Blaster Master. This is one that came out for the the 3DS maybe yes, two years yes, ago. Sorry. And so this is a sequel to Blaster Master Zero. Now the the other Blaster Master on the WiiWare was actually quite fun, uh, but it was more or less a, kind of a remake of the original, where Blaster Master Zero took the concepts and then added a new story and some new abilities, and you know it, it was a, much more of an upgrade than the original. Uh, the the one for the WiiWare was over the original. It's it's it was a great surprise title that I you know I wasn't uh, it wasn't something I figured no one would play, but it was definitely the kind of a budgety title. And this one is too. Mm-hmm. It's only ten dollars, but man, it is. Other than that, it's on the Switch, which makes it great for handheld playing. It still looks like the the 3DS game, and it is. I've only gotten one level in so far, but as soon as I heard about it today, I I immediately downloaded it. It's great. Yeah, I, I haven't got to play too much of it either, but it's exactly what what I wanted it to be. Uh, I remember, like when when I saw it come out, me, me and you both were just kind of like, "Oh no, this is probably going to be bad." <laughs> I mean, it literally just got dumped out onto the uh, the eShop just out of nowhere. Uh, but man, it's that's a that's a really great game. I'm looking forward to playing through the rest of it. I don't think it's going to be too long or anything like that. But uh, if it stays as good as it is right now, I'm I'm definitely going to stick with it. 
Yeah, I finished the first Blastmaster Zero in a weekend, so I'm sure this will be the same deal. Uh, but thankfully, I'm home all weekend with nothing to do, uh, except probably play the new From Software game. But that's not what we're here to talk about. This week, we're here to talk about a Sega Genesis game that I had not played previously, Rocket Knight Adventures. <laughs> One, you know, especially when when I had I think I had on the list before, but when in our last episode someone complained about how we always make fun of the Genesis sound chip, I knew this one at least had good music, so <laughs> I was going to cover it <laughs> to prove a point that there is in fact a Genesis game or two out there that has some really solid music. This is one. Mm-hmm. I thought the music on this game was excellent. Just to start out the discussion, excellent music on this oh, game. Oh yeah, I, I think aside from like a, a Sonic or something like like that, this is. Uh... Uh, this is about as good as it gets on the Genesis. Even I and I, and, and I can't help but think that I might be the the top shitter on the the Genesis when it comes to music and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, this is a nice one. This this is wonderfully done. Uh, I was not familiar with the the soundtrack to this one, but yeah, I would put it right there in the top as far as Genesis games. I was I, I never actually played it. I remember seeing it all the time at my video store, mm-hmm. but I, for some reason I just never got it. Um, but I always remember looking at the back of the box and being like, man, that looks actually pretty good for a Genesis game. And uh, it, it ticks all the boxes for a game that I would have rented, but for some reason I just never did. And uh, only played bits and pieces of it uh, throughout the years. And so this was kind of the first time sitting down to it. And yes, uh, turning it on, uh, surprised at just how good this game looks and sounds mm-hmm. I, I keep I, I hate saying for a genesis game but it, it seems like a lot of the stuff we play for the genesis uh I, i'm just always like well you know it does look pretty good for a genesis game but no this actually this is up there with like comic zone which mm-hmm. is how good it, it looks and sounds well i think a lot of that is that this is a konami game uh, the only other Konami game we covered on the Genesis, I think, so far was uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, which was also, it had a great soundtrack. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, you know, a, a key to the Castlevania series. I'm I'm sure there is one, and I'm sure someone's going to scream at me later, but I don't think there's a, a Castlevania game with a bad soundtrack. And uh, and Bloodlines definitely did not have that. But neither, I mean, this is this came out in 1993, and I, I think that's why I really hadn't played it before, and, and probably you, Jeremy, because it's the it's the peak of everybody needs a mascot. And so you've got a million Genesis games on the shelf that have some cartoon animal that's supposed to be the new Sonic or the new Mario mm-hmm. or the new whatever. And this was, if you didn't take your time to read more about it or or try it, it just looks like, oh, good, someone else put out an animal side you know, character. Uh, but this one has a sword and a rocket. Yeah, okay, that's great. I'll, I'll go back to playing something else. I'm tired of animal you know, animal mascot characters. So I, I did not try this, and, and I really think this is one of the few times I can say I really missed out. This is the kind of game that I would have probably put on my top 10 Genesis. It's it's definitely, you know, like a, as many of those platform mascots that were back out back then, uh, at, at least uh, this one looks really uh, just different as far as like the design goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is essentially, uh, what is he, uh, a possum? Uh, and he can hang from, from branches and stuff like that. But also he's wearing a, a knight uh, armor. And a, with a rocket pack on the back of that. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> I, I don't know how they came up with this one. Uh, it, it's just a. It's an, a very interesting setting, and, and mm-hmm. just the characters and things like that. So it's definitely not just your average uh, mascot with with attitude from mm-hmm. like the back in the early '90s, what we were so used to back then. Uh, this is definitely pretty unique. Well, it's also very well thought out. If you read the manual, and I'm sure none of you did, but there's there's a detailed story to this game. <laughs> A long and, and detailed story that goes into the history of the world, and that there's mm. this whole organization of Rocket Knights, and uh, and your Sparkster, who's one of the the Rocket Knights, who've 
who's here now to stop uh, an invading nation, uh, the nation of Devontindos, I think. Uh, but they've come <laughs> to attack your area because back in history, and they go into this whole history where there was another invasion, and the king stopped the invasion and put the ultimate weapon, which is called the Pig Star, under some sort of magical lock so no one could get to it. So this, this nation's come to attack to try to take the Pig Star, and of course, to help them is another one of the Rocket Knights who's turned evil, whose name oh. is uh, Axelgear. And you'll see him a bunch of times throughout the game. But, you know, there's all this background and story. None of that's in the game at all. And it doesn't really matter. But it, so it gives a reason, though, for all the characters to be in there. And so there's a lot of time spent. I mean, this is definitely like a, a you know, this is an A-quality title as far as the amount of effort put in. It's not just like, oh, you know, there's an evil force coming to stop you. Why don't you go stop them because you're a cool rocket knight. And, hey, by the way, there are pigs. Like, it really has a detailed story that's well worth reading uh, if you're going to play the game. But it also ties it all together nicely. Uh, what, what's, what I really like, this is a, a fairly simple, uh, you know, kind of concept game. You, you are you're, uh, a 2D side-scrolling, more of an action game than a platform. There's a few platform parts, but it's much more action. Uh, and you only have two buttons that do anything. You have a jump button and an attack mm -hmm. button. Now, the attack button has several functions. If you just hit it one time, you'll, you know, use your sword. And sometimes it shoots a projectile in front of you uh, if, if you're... Um, if you're swinging your sword in some of the levels. But then if you hold down the button and push a direction, you will use the rocket pack to launch yourself in the direction you're pushing. If you push the button and hold it down until your meter charges up and don't push any direction, you'll do this like spin attack where you just stay where you are and immediately like spin in a circle like Sonic would almost. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, of course, you, know, you do damage to everything around you. I found a lot of the time when I first started playing this, I was not using that charge-up attack nearly enough. I mean, I used it for a, a means to get around the level, but not as much for an attack. And, uh, and by the time I was, I was finished with the game, I think I realized that the whole point is to constantly use that no matter what and always charge it. Yeah, that's kind of the way it, it wants you to be. I mean, yes, I was the same way because I, at the beginning I was just like, why do I want to charge up this, t this attack? It, it's mm -hmm. not like it's instant. You know, It's not like as fast as what Sonic's dash is. Uh, it, you know, it takes a good second or more to actually you know, hold that button and ch charge it. Uh, and then you know you actually have to be pressing the button in the direction you want to go when you release it. Uh, it has several different things that it can do. Uh, but yeah, if you just press it and hold it and let it charge up and then release it, you do like that that spin attack with your sword. And that later on in the game is essentially uh, the way that you should be attacking things. Mm. Well, that and the using your rocket to blast yes, across and, the screen. and the charge, yes. Because not only does it do a fair amount of damage, and, and it does get you around faster, and, and I think this is the kind of game that wants you to play through it fairly quickly and not take your time and, and plan out. But also, when you use that attack, you're invincible for a little while. Especially the spin attack while you're doing it, you're invincible. And you have a couple seconds after the animation's finished where you're still not getting hurt by things. And there's a lot of, thing, a lot of bosses specifically that if you're not using the charge and that spin attack... I'm not quite sure how you're supposed to dodge it because other than the the ability to charge up your your you know your attack to do that dive, you're not incredibly fast. I mean, you're not you don't have a dodge button. You can't roll. It's 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 not anything outside of what a standard you know almost brawler would be in controls, except for that dive ability. So you've got to use that if nothing else to avoid damage. But it happens to also be a great damage dealer. And that's where you where you have to like the game isn't easy. So, uh -huh. like, eventually, whenever you do start using those more, you realize that it, uh, like you said, it, it makes you basically invincible for a second. And that's how, you're, that's how you need to get through the game. Yeah. Because if you're not using that, and you're just using your regular attack, which is just, you know, swinging your sword and you get like a little, um, I don't know, whatever he shoots out, um, that's not going to do it past stage two. Yeah. Uh, everything yeah, okay. after that, you're going to need that invincibility that mm -hmm. charging up gives you. Yeah, and I found that out the hard way. I, I was just an absolute refuse. In a lot of games, uh, they saddle you with your, a main attack, uh, and you kind of get a, a special attack or like a, a charged-up attack like that. But you never really need it in many other games. Uh, you can progress through a lot of games, and just that basic attack can get you through it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was initially probably caused me the most most time played and most death early on was just kind of the refusal to to really use everything i had in my arsenal but once i did i i, I found out that that was a key component and it, yeah like you guys said it's absolutely crucial as you move along well even in the first level there's the section 
where you're supposed to, you know, there's all these trees and stuff, but then Mm -hmm. you get to a wall that you can't jump over. And so I had to figure out that the whole point is you you charge up your rocket boost and then you jump and push diagonally. Like I was only you thinking you go with four cardinal directions or just straight forward or jump and go straight forward. Like I didn't think, oh, I'll push diagonal up and I'll launch around the screen. Mm -hmm. It also lets you bounce off walls, which helps a, a good deal. So there's there's definitely levels later on where if you don't use that jump at the right time, you hit a wall and go backwards. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of a level later where you're kind of running away from something, and if you don't time those jumps at exactly the right time, you will bounce back into it. Uh, but you still need to use those jumps or you can't get through the level. I mean, it it is it, it teaches you early that you need to learn how to use this just to get through the level to say nothing of how to use it as an attack. that the levels, there's seven levels in the game uh, overall, but each level is broken up into segments. Um, There are no saves, there are no passwords. You're going to have to play through this one in one sitting. It's not incredibly long. I think most online, you know, Let's Plays, which aren't speed runs, just Let's Plays, we're under an hour. Um, But the other thing, you know, when it teaches you that the levels are different parts, it also, you know, has different, uh, uh, at least one different major gameplay style. So aside from this side-scrolling, you know, uh, action game we had talked about where you're using your rocket to to get around the level, but other than that, it's kind of a, a an action platformer. There are levels that are essentially shooters, uh, you know, t- uh, side-scrolling Gradius-style shooters. Um, specifically, you know, Gradius for the, the, I guess, level 6 that's entirely that from start to finish. But even the first world, the first set of levels, has a level where you fly around just to kind of introduce you to the mechanic. Those levels aren't incredibly tough. I guess if you're bad at shooters, maybe they are. But you also can't use your charge. All you have is your regular shot, which is just a regular shot that goes across the screen and the ability to dodge. Uh, I actually liked those those flight levels, but I know we've played some before that have that, and, and I may have been the only fan in some of those. So did you guys like the flight levels or no? I was I was fine with them because generally most every section in this game is fairly short. Uh, there's one stage later in the game where the entire stage is basically just that. Um, but even that it was that was like one of the shorter stages. Uh, I was fine with it, and uh, just, I mean it, it's not too bad because most of everything that's coming at you there, there's not too much generally, and the bosses that you do fight uh, are aren't anything too crazy. So I I, I was fine with it. I guess my biggest complaint with the flight levels is you can't turn around. And there are bosses that if you could turn around, it would at least make the, the fights a little less long. Maybe not easier, but, but less long. But yeah, the fact that there are things coming at you from all sides in a lot of those levels, but you cannot turn around to fire at them is, is a peeve in a lot of shooters for me. But in this one, it, it didn't make any sense that I couldn't. I, I thought, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd totally get that. But I, I thought they were just fairly, you know, whatever. Uh, they broke up the action, and like you were saying, like these stages are broken into so many different sections at times that uh, by the time I was finished with the first level, I thought I had actually went through three levels uh, just based on the amount of things that it, that I'd done and the the sections uh, that were throughout that stage. I mean, it, this isn't just one long section of of a stage, and it's all kind of the same. Each section is basically a, a whole other stage for what would be another platformer. I mean, you're, it's, it can just be a basic platformer one second. Uh, you could be going through, like the shooter level, another section, uh, along with several bosses in between. Uh, this game loves their bosses, and it's not afraid to just throw them out there. So it, it is just, it seems like there's just constantly something new being thrown at you. So whenever those, those shooter stages came up, I was like, all right, you know, this will be fun for a few minutes. Yeah, I like that all the levels were shorter. Um, I think there's a lot of games that go too long with things like this. Uh, but the fact that they were all broken up into tinier sections was was nice. I did enjoy that. Um, the you brought up the bosses, and there are plenty of mini bosses. But even the mini bosses are kind of no joke. Uh, but also, almost all the bosses. I, I'm trying to think if there's any off the top of my head. But all of them are multi-stage. 
So it's not just, oh, here's the fight I'll get to, I'll figure out the progression, get through it. They all have multiple parts, some of which, you know, there's actually parts in between where you, you finish a boss and then you kind of go through a little platform section and the boss comes back and he has some extra abilities or a new ship or whatever the situation is. I, I like that too, and they're all different. I think the bosses are all fairly interesting. Um, one of the early bosses, I guess in, in level one, in fact, it's it's a like a pig guy in a machine. And he comes at you on the top of this waterfall. And then you, you do the damage to him. He blows up the bridge in the waterfall. As you fall, slide down the waterfall and kind of slide down it uh, as like a like surfing almost. Then it's just the head of the robot that comes back and you fight it again as it flies around the screen. It's just little little touches on all the bosses. So it's not just, uh, I fight this guy and has a bigger gun. Then he comes back. Like they're, the, the mechanics of each fight and each phase of each fight are all very different. The whole time I was playing this, I don't know if you got this as well, but... Uh, by just about every stage, I was sitting here like thinking to myself, you know, this is this is like if somebody at Konami played a, a game from Treasure and was like, we want to make this game. Yes, that's a lot. It didn't do anything of a Treasure game. It had a lot of of, of hey, we want to do all these things we saw in all these other games. We're going to put them all in here. But it it didn't go as crazy as Treasure. Like they didn't have any levels that were you know as as nuts as anything we did in Dynamite Heady. Like this was all still pretty contained, but. Every level looks different. Every level, every boss is is kind of interesting and unique. And and I guess the part where they really did go crazy would be what level, level four or five, the one that ends where you you, you have to get into a giant mech and do a giant mech battle. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, the Rock'em Sock'em mech battle mm-hmm. was, was a I, I marked out pretty hard for that. I I did, but it was also mechanically probably the worst part of the game. That fight was was yeah. yeah. You know, it was neat to look at, but it was more difficult than it needed to be. Considering if you screwed it up and, and you had to go back to the start, you had to go through this whole chase section again. But not just that. This game, um, and and we did mention earlier that it's hard. It's not just hard because mechanically it's tough. It's hard because they extremely limit your ability to to try over and over again uh, without mm-hmm. having to restart. So if you, depending what difficulty you pick for the game, it changes how many lives and continues you get. So if you started off. I think the game defaults to normal, and that means you have one life every time, uh, and then you get one continue. Uh, the continue, thankfully, in this game lets you start at the beginning of whatever section you're at, not just the levels. So if you're at level 6, section 4, and you continue, you start at the beginning of section 4 again, which is uh, which is great. I'm very happy to hear that, especially when you have such limited continues. Uh, lives, you can find extra lives in levels. You can earn extra lives by points. This is a game that, that keeps score, but only for the purpose, really, of... Um, of extra lives. You get one, I think, at 20,000, then 60,000, then every 60,000 after that. But if you if you don't play on normal, then if you go down to easy, you get two lives each time you start and three continues, and then they have a children mode, which gives you three lives, and five continues. Hard, one life only, zero continues. So essentially, it's just whatever you can collect after the first level with extra lives and everything else. Good for you. That's what you get to run through the game. Uh, there, there are no passwords. There are no saves. So if you're not playing this on some way that lets you do some save states, for example, that fight we just talked about where you're giant mechs, uh, if you make, if you have to learn how to do the mech fight, cause it's not like it gives you a, a, a even an instruction, you jump into this mech and all of a sudden it's you and this other mech just walking at each other and you figure out pretty quick, you're just supposed to punch, but still it's hard to figure out the timing at first after three hits. I think you've lost you have to hit him five. Like it's more hits than you can take. And if you screw that up and you don't have continues, you don't have extra lives, you got to start back at the beginning of level one to get all the way there for a fight that you could have the rest of the game mechanics down pretty well. But that one specific instance, that one specific fight, is it, it does not follow the rules of the rest of the game. I, I, I like it in theory, but I think especially in a game where you don't have the ability to just try and infinitely, even from the start yeah. of, a, of a level, that's a that's a rough a rough section. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, it took me a few times to take that one down. Uh, but it was just one of those things like uh, it, at, by that point in the game, I was just like, what what else can they throw at? What else can this game do? And then you get in a mech. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> great. Here we are. I'm in a mech and I we're literally just doing rock'em sock'em robot with with his arms and, and hitting each other's head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, one, once it's if you die then the magic is over immediately and you have to go back and do that again um but yeah it's uh it's it's fairly harmless and and i was i I got past it after a couple of tries but i do want to mention before we stop talking about this 
just how awesome that last level is in this game. We have spent so many, so many games, so many podcasts shitting on 16-bit games <laughs> that just tossed in a boss rush fa- uh, battle at the, for the last stage, and that's basically it. That's your last stage. And this game, more so than just about any we played, was primed to have a, a boss rush for the last level. Mm-hmm. But no, you go into it, and yes, it is just kind of boss rushes from beginning to end, it kind of just forgets the whole point of, you know, you're doing any sort of platforming or progressing. Has a tiny bit, but most of it's bosses. But it essentially winds down all of these other characters uh, that you need to fight. It, it, with the best one being, in my opinion, fighting the rogue possum. Mm. And just how how cool that fight was and how intense it was. And plus the music in that stage was just so good. Uh, it, it's one of the better last stages I have ever, I have seen in, in a 16-bit game. Well, it's essentially a boss rush of all new bosses. I mean, it's it's yeah. great. And and they're all interesting. They're all different like the rest of the bosses are. The the fight with um it, his name is Axel something or other. Uh the the evil possum is I mean, again, you fought him several times throughout the game including in that mech, but that fight's totally different. And it and it really requires you know how to use your dash effectively. Um I really liked that fight I, and the the fight after that's with the emperor and that's a good fight and even the mm-hmm. end fight I, I liked the end fight I thought all those fights were different and they all really required you to master that rocket but but they wouldn't have been possible without it like I can't think of another game where where you could do that last boss without the ability to launch yourself all around the screen the the, mm-hmm. the final boss of the game and that I, I that that makes a good game that's to have a mechanic that is interesting and not in many games I mean I'm sure there are other games where you can fly around or, or have like a boost like that but not not that I can think of to this level and then to to make bosses that use that but not not to the point where I felt like it was the cheese way to get through it you know it's one thing if mm-hmm. they give you this thing and then oh yeah well if you use it against a boss four times it kills them because they you know they have a bright red button that you can only get to I mean it was they made it so it was difficult to do the things you need to do to get to the you know to finish those bosses off but you needed to use the rocket well and I mean it was it I I think the game mechanically is is wonderful I think it plays very well mm-hmm. uh, I think the you know there's there's a lot of games that when they have a section like the flying sections in this or or some of the bosses that kind of drags down what the rest of the game was i think all everything in this game is balanced really well it's hard yeah. i don't know if i if, if we were playing this you know uh, traditionally <laughs> would i have beaten this in the the two weeks we have i don't know um you know once once your ability once I, I didn't try to save state cheese this one but i did save it at the beginning of each level just to make sure i could i could go through the level uh, and then once i did i would play through all my lives and if i had to, to continue enough where it continues I, I would go back to my save and keep going but at least i was mm-hmm. able to get through it reasonably and i think if this came out now you know it would have the ability to endlessly continue at the level at a minimum if not you know <laughs> indefinitely at the beginning of a section which is kind of how oh, most yeah. of these games work now mm-hmm. um so i i mean this this is a game i cannot believe didn't get i mean maybe it did get pushed more maybe it's just because i was never a genesis guy um, and by the time I would have been working in a store where I see all this stuff all day long, I, you know, they were already pushing out the 32-bit stuff. But this this is a game I think that should have gotten a lot more fanfare. And it's a Genesis exclusive. It's not on any other console. I mean, this this is one of the best Genesis games that I've ever played. Definitely one of the best ones we've looked at. Yeah, this. I mean, this was a this is a real shocker. Uh, this was a treat. And yeah, I mean, this game just happens to do everything. If if not perfectly, very well. I mean, it, it sounds great. It looks great. I it, it the control is outstanding in it. It has some of the best boss fights I have encountered. It does the boss rush better than any game ever, essentially. And yeah, and to have something like the rocket in there, which could have just been like a gimmick. Uh, it could have been just a throwaway thing, or it could have been something that the game makes you rely on too much. I think it's it just strikes, like you said, it's very balanced. It strikes a, a fine balance with that. And yeah, this is a real, I guess you can call it a hidden gem because it's just, it's. I heard no chatter about this one growing up at all. And that that's that's a shame because this is really... Uh, just a, a top Genesis title. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is one of my favorite Genesis games after playing it. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it had such a lackluster sequel. Like, I I played through this for the podcast, and I was like, oh, God, this is awesome. And so I moved on to its sequel, Sparkster, uh, which is on the Genesis, also, also on the Super NES. And it's just, it's soulless. It is just not even close 
to what this game was. And you would think for a sequel that they would just turn everything up to 11, but it's like they turned everything back down to three. And it's it, there's just nothing to it that makes it any fun. It actually it looks so much worse than the original game. I don't know if, if any of you uh, went and looked at Sparkster, uh-uh. but it is. Oh, man, it's it's just a real bummer just so, how, how that turned out. So, yes, the Genesis sequel, which is Sparkster, is it seems worse in a lot of ways. Now, I didn't play it long. I, I just tried it and it, it didn't feel as good. and It definitely doesn't look as good. Um, now, this is another one of those weird situations where, and I don't know why, but the Super Nintendo game and the Genesis game are two different games. Mm. They, they have different mechanics to some level. I mean, they all use the Rocket Knight mechanic, but for example, and I'm not sure which is which for the this, you know, for you know which one of the Super Nintendo was Genesis, but one has the same charge meter you have in this game, and the other one has a constantly full charge meter that uses up like an energy level when you when you use your boost, for example, and you have to earn that energy level back. Like it, it changes up the mechanics. The levels are different. The bosses are different. They're, they're essentially two different games with the same character. So I don't know if if the Super Nintendo one is any better, but they both didn't look as good as this, and they both didn't get reviewed as good as this. Uh, and actually, out on the the Xbox and I want to say PS3, they put out something that was I want to say just called Rocket Knight, that was a a sequel to this. Uh, you know, kind of when everyone was doing the you know like when Bionic Commando rearmed and those things came out. So there was another Rocket Knight that came out. It looks nice. I, again, I didn't play it because I don't have it, but it. It looks a lot more like someone who really liked this game and then mm. made a new version of this game. So it, and it, it obviously looks nice because it's on on newer hardware. Um, mm-hmm. So that that might be worth checking out. I, I will if I can find you know a, a, if it's on sale at some point or something. I would consider checking it out. But it's not something I, I had to rush out and play because this on its own it it is really good. The direct sequels did not look nearly as good. And, and honestly, it's it's a short enough game. If I get better and better at it, I could blow through it in an hour. That's that's kind of the perfect console game. Mm-hmm. At least retro-wise, and and again the music on this to reiterate, wonderful music on this Genesis game. <laughs> I want to make sure it's on record that I've said it uh, because I did. It, it really is. It's really good music. I was the whole time. I didn't want to turn it down. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't annoyed by it. And uh, and generally, it just it just felt like it felt like a better version of classic eight bit action games. And that's that's what I wanted in sixteen bit games. And those are the ones I end up liking the most. Go out of your way to listen to that last stage, the music in the last stage. Oh, yeah. Just amazing. I'm saying that for a Genesis game. It is amazing. Yeah, that's our thoughts on Rocket Knight Adventures, uh, one of the best Genesis games we've covered, probably that I've ever played. Uh, but also, along with the Nintendo Direct that came out today, uh, this week Konami has announced that they're going to actually do something people want for the first time in a long time. Uh, and mm. they're going to put out collections of, you know, one is a bunch of classic properties that has a mix of things, like Gradius and some things are in there. Uh, but they're also going to do a Castlevania collection and a Contra collection. They haven't announced all the games yet, but the ones they have announced are what you'd want. The Nintendo Contra, Super C, Contra 3. I mean, it, it, these are going to be good. I think they're 20 bucks a pop. I know some people want them to be physical, not digital, but at $20, I'm willing to pay for digital without feeling too bad about that. Um, but so I, I, someone had asked, you know, what other games would you like? This is a great example. I would love to have a collection of just these odds and ends, and maybe all their Genesis games on one. I would buy that. This this game is wonderful. And the other, mm-hmm. uh, like getting Castlevania Bloodlines and some of the other Konami properties, I think they did the Turtles game on this too. I mean, th- there's a lot of great things I'd love to see in those collections. So I'm yeah. looking forward to them. I'm hoping they're nearly as well put together as the Mega Man or Capcom collections they put out, which have been stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, are there any games that were in either Castlevania or Contra, or even another Konami property you'd love to see on one of these collections? Because I, I was looking, I was thinking about it today, and for Contra, I I would love to see, you know, Contra Four, the one they put out for the DS, oh, but yeah. make it like a yes. a long arcade game, uh, you know, not a long arcade, but like a 
a double length screen where it's you know mm-hmm. one of those things you could turn the switch sideways for or whatever that would be amazing i don't my, expect my that at all would be uh, oh, that one on the genesis the name is escaping me hardcore at this moment hard corpse yeah hard that's corpse. it yes uh, that that one has long been uh when, when we're not talking about like the first contra and we're not talking about uh you know contra three that is next up for me that is just uh, the, a perfect contra game and, and i'd love to make that one i'd love to have that one make its way on there and, and i'm fairly certain it will with the with the trend it seems like they're at least so far what they have announced have been the you know the 8 16 bit kind of side scrolling contras so maybe we will uh miss out on some of the more more shameful entries in that series i you know i i for contra i i would you know it's kind of got the ones i i want uh, mm-hmm. but that that PlayStation 2 Contra was just amazing. And nobody hardly ever played that one. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that was like when Contra kind of came back for me. Because if anyone played the two Contra games on the original PlayStation, that's when Contra left. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't speak of those games in terms of Contra anymore, especially that um that first one. Yeah, Legacy, Legacy of, of War. War was misery. Oh my god, that was just complete garbage. And I was so excited when that got announced. I was like, this is going to be like when Super Contra, Super Contra came out on the Super NES. You know, it's going to be that kind of leap. And that, oh man, Legacy of War was just, it was heartbreaking. It, it's its just one of those games that, one of the most disappointing games I have ever played. And it's not just because it's a bad Contra, it's just a really bad game. Um, but yeah, I, maybe the PlayStation 2 Contra. I know, uh, like, for Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, it just kind of came out on its own, you know, lately. So I don't know if they're just going to put that put that in there with it. I mean, that'd be awesome if they did. Uh, you know, that would just be a, a kind of a complete Castlevania collection for me mm-hmm. if, if they would throw that in there. Um, was, uh, was, uh, what was, was the TG-16 one? I'm being crazy. Uh, Rondo of Blood. Yes, was that announced yet? Was that on it? It was not on announced as one of the four yet in this collection, but they did just put out that other Castlevania collection yes, that, that was, was just Rondo and Symphony. So I'd be surprised if those two were on there. Uh, I would love to see for Castlevania um, any of the, the Game Boy... Well, I think the second Game Boy one's already announced. I'd love to see the first Game Boy one. Any of the Game Boy Advance games were all very good for that. Yeah. Um, I'd mm-hmm. also love to see Kid Dracula, because I'd never played that. <laughs> it's kind of a spinoff oh, in God. the Castlevania series. I'd love to play yeah. that. But yeah, the, the for for Contra, the the PS2 Contra, Shattered Soldier, and and Neo Contra actually were mm-hmm. both were both well better than the PlayStation versions, and and fun on their own. Uh, I would be surprised to see anything that advanced though. But still, it, you know, it, it gives me hope that Konami's looking at their properties and saying, okay, well, what can we do? If we're not going to make new games that people want to buy in these series, what can we do to help that? And so that that holds out hope for like a Silent Hill collection uh, again for for the new current systems that would have one through four, right? And and maybe even the the uh, handheld ones. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to play a version of Silent Hill 1 that I didn't have to hunt down for. Yeah. Maybe Konami is finally realizing that the uh, the hunt for, for gold on mobile games is, is just <laughs> not quite what they thought. Yeah. Uh, or maybe their, uh, their casino games or whatever the hell they Pachinko put out. Pachinko machines. Isn't working out. Pachinko, yes. Uh, just isn't working out. And they finally realized that they've got a gold mine of just retro games that they could throw out and charge whatever they want for. And I'd probably buy them because I'm totally going to buy these these collections they put out. Uh, 20 bucks isn't bad if you got a good collection of games. And so far, they've already got a good collection of games. And the more they add to it, the more I'm just going to throw my money at. Them. Yeah, I think $20 is perfect for a retro collection. I mean, I'll pay more. But uh, but hey, I'll gladly pay twenty instead of more. That would be that would be much better. Uh, like about that SNK collection, and and it's fun. But I think I paid forty for that, and I, and I would pay as much for eight Castlevania games. But uh, don't listen to me. Put it out at twenty bucks. It's a better better thing. So I believe, much like every episode lately, we have a handful of listener questions mm. submitted to us by the world's best submission form you can find at Retrovania. Oh yeah, yes, we we actually do, and uh, as every episode before this please jump on there send us a question we love to hear from you we love to we love to hear from the people that listen to this mess and uh, anything you want to say or criticize or just tell us about yourself and what you like to play send it in we it's uh, it's always fun to to hear from you and this week we're going to start off with Brad 
And uh, he writes to say, hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the show, and I was curious as to how the Retrovania team formed. Were you guys childhood friends? If not, how did you guys come together to make the show? Also, love the intro song and all the references to the NES games in it. But I'm curious about some of the lyrics. For instance, in the beginning, what part comes after in Mike Tyson, but my blank? And at the end, life was much easier when blank was my best friend. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Well, I'll answer the, the lyrics question now before I forget which lines he asked about. And I also want to apologize that I have a giant mush mouth, especially when I sing. So it's actually I <laughs> I fought Bald Bull and Mike Tyson and won by technical knockout because that's the only way you can beat Mike Tyson. You got to win mm-hmm. by TKO. Uh, and then the last line is uh, of the before the or I guess of the choruses is, is life was so much easier when Rob was my best friend, which is short for the robotic operating buddy, the robot that came with the NES. Uh, who's actually probably still my best friend, but uh, but it was, <laughs> it was definitely easier uh, when he was truly my best friend in 1987 or whenever. So yeah, those are the lyrics to that song. As far as I mean, you and Billy had already been working on on several other things uh, on the internet in in earlier days, and mm-hmm. I kind of joined up later uh, for different. I mean, I was more into video game reviews and such, and uh, and you guys were looking for someone that did video game and movie reviews for some other projects, so I did that. And uh, and from there, we've kind of just branched out into different things. But video games has always been the topic that the three of us at least have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so when it was time to do a podcast, and I was doing a um, my, my comedy podcast, which isn't mine, a pod- comedy podcast I'm a part of, uh, and I wanted to do something that was a little more in, in this vein, I knew exactly who I would, would be interested in asking, and, and conveniently it worked out just fine. Yes, uh, if anyone is curious, we have we didn't just suddenly come together and and find each other. We we have been working together for probably since around two thousand three, oh. uh, especially me and Billy. But yes, we we've actually been doing working on websites and and things like that for for quite some time. So we have we have definitely known each other for for quite a while, and and we're just not total strangers that one day met and was just like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to do a video game podcast? I don't know mm-hmm. you. So <laughs> that's uh, yes. It, we have been friends for quite a while, so that is uh, that's that's kind of what's been going on around here. Oh, two thousand three—that's it's depressing. Yeah, it kind of is. You start thinking about that, and it's just got to stop thinking about it because you just feel too damn old. Yeah, yes. if, if that was the military, we'd be close to retirement. Yeah, That'd be awesome. <laughs> God, I can't wait till I can retire off Retrovania. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question comes in from Mark. And he writes in to say, okay, I just finished listening to episode 25, which was your first anniversary episode. At the end, you talked about not discussing your personal lives on the on the podcast too much in order to focus on the actual games. Billy joked about his personal life being boring to the point that his Taco Bell order hasn't changed in over two years. Instead of asking about what that mouth do, ah, just sorry, I can't finish that stupid recurring question. I want, an ask an, I want to ask an even dumber question. What is your go-to Taco Bell order? Billy, this is your fault. Mm. Well, I guess I'll have to. I'll have to take this one first. Then, and indeed, it hasn't changed. Uh, you know, new menu items come and go, and and I will occasionally let my hair down and, and try out something new, and and I immediately retreat back to my usual. And it is this: it is a, a chicken quesadilla. It's a chalupa, and with that chalupa, I, just beef, cheese. Nothing else. And I have them add that spicy ranch sauce that they have there to it. And I, I find that really ups your game with that. And I'll get a soft taco with no lettuce. That That's my usual. And if, if I'm trying to stay trim, trying to stay fit, I'll get that chalupa the same way. I'll ditch the quesadilla and I'll just get two soft tacos, which... Uh, I'm sure the caloric count of that is still <laughs> still way too high, but, but it makes me feel a little bit better. There's less cheese involved, so surely that's that's got to be better for me. Uh, and that's it. Uh, and the drink, I used to get a Baja Blast, but I, I've at least been able to, to, to kind of curb that. Um, I, and their Diet Coke around here never seems to come uh, Coke or Pepsi, whichever one they have, never seems to come out right. So I, I usually leave their drinkless. This could be the most thought-out question we've ever had and and easily the the amount of time we put into the answer um mm-hmm. uh, you know i go through phases with my taco bell um but i'm also a human trash can so the idea of going to taco <laughs> bell and only eating three things is i can't understand that uh so normally i will get uh something like 
uh, the, the chalupa meal that comes with two chalupas and a soft taco. And then you get a handful more soft tacos for the ride home. you got to make sure you have a couple tacos for the drive home. Mm. And then as much fire sauce as I can put on things. I'm a big fan of as hot as I can make things. And it's not like Taco Bell is spicy on its own. Um, but I will. You know, I went through a phase where I would eat Mexican pizzas. I don't even know if they still make those. They were not that great. Uh, and I try every new dumbass item that they put out unless it has ranch on it because I am not a fan of ranch or sour cream. Uh, which is which is weird for a fat guy. Not into those things. But I, I will eat, you know, if, if I'm just going to Taco Bell, it's, it's the Chalupa order. And then I just how much money do I have in my pocket? That many tacos, please. Mm. Mm. I mean, what, what's been the latest experimental thing from Taco Bell that you guys have tried? I, oh, I know that, the, that, the naked chicken Chalupa. Yes, that one's that one's great. I don't know how it turned. By no means should it be good. It should be. It should taste like the most disgusting thing. This formed chicken patty that they have somehow bent into a taco shape, and it stayed. I, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine the engineering behind that. Uh, but it really is a wonderful item. Uh, it, it's 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 good. Uh, but even I know that that needs to be. I, I'm glad it comes and goes like it does because that kind of that kind of keeps me in line. Uh, and I know that I'll have this one, and and some time will go by before I have the next one. Yeah, when they've got those things on the menu, that's that's basically what I have for most meals every every day for mm-hmm. that month. Uh, but it, it used to be for me, I used to get the double uh, XL chicken burrito mm. until I was hung over one morning and ordered that and projectile vomited it all over my car a few minutes later, <laughs> and. I can never order that again now, so I have to. I usually just stick with the, um, uh, it's the the quesadilla and, and the taco. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that exciting generally, but I do try a lot of the uh, the new stuff that they come out with. I think currently right now it's the rattlesnake burrito, mm-hmm. where they put the uh, the the fries in the burrito with some meat and some jalapenos and stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, which I mean that sounds amazing to me, but then again I I got the one Taco Bell that doesn't actually know how to make a burrito and they just kind of put it in layers as you eat it. So the first mm. bite I got was nothing but jalapenos. And Ooh. then the, the second bite was all of the meat in the burrito. And then the rest of the burrito was actually just the fries. So, um, that's poor I, planning. Uh, to, to, poor planning. Yeah. <laughs> to stay safe. I just, yeah, I usually get a quesadilla because you know, it's kind of hard to fuck up a quesadilla, even for Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, that is that is what I go with. And now you know way too much about our personal lives, and mm-hmm. we have to come find you and kill you. Uh, because I mean, as as you mentioned in your your email, we generally don't talk about ourselves too much. Not only because we're just not exciting at all, uh, but you know we kind of want to stick with the games. And going back to the games, uh, Blaine J writes in to ask, okay. After hearing Theodore rant about the Genesis sound chip at the last episode, I want to put my two cents in. First off, I was a Super NES kid, so don't think I'm biased. The Genesis had a unique Yamaha sound chip and was incredibly powerful for the time and great when used properly. Obviously, it wasn't always used well, but the reason most believe it's utter crap is because, to this day, it hasn't been emulated correctly. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you guys are emulating every Sega game you play. Hell, even the ones on various collections don't quite sound right. I've even compared the same cart on an original system versus the new flashback, and it's night and day. Another example of something similar are the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 graphics. They were primitive to be primitive to be sure, but when played on modern HD screens, of course, they were just never designed for that, so they look like ass. I personally keep the old systems and CRTs around just because of these reasons. Anyways, thanks for everything, and what do you do with that mouth? Uh, well, we just talked about it. We eat a lot of Taco Bell. Uh, with that mouth. But uh, I do agree. I mean, the the I'm not about the Sega Genesis sound chip as much. I'm I'm sure that that is true. I'm sure that if I had, you know, every one of these games, like if I had Rocket Knight and and then an actual Genesis system and a, and a, I mean the the graphics on it look fine. But let's say I had a CRT still, then I could definitely tell you that right now. Oh, maybe it does sound a little better on that or not. But the games that we have complaints about are notoriously bad, and, and unfortunately, some of that is the game selection. And I don't, I, and we didn't intentionally pick games with bad soundtracks. But <laughs> uh, you know, one of the, a lot of the early Electronic Arts games for the Genesis. I mean, most of the sports games don't sound too bad, but you know, we did Haunting. Uh, th- there was a bunch of games that they put out that just sound 
miserable. And mm. and there are a lot of bad sounding Genesis games. Again, a lot of the times when they're ports, they don't, you know, the, the, the music that was on the Super Nintendo or an arcade just doesn't transfer well. Uh, so, But I do believe that, that bad emulation is probably part of it. Uh, we do... Uh, I mean, I can speak for everybody. I do end up emulating a lot of the games we are playing currently, especially for these playthroughs, or playing them on the Sonic Collection, or or some way that's a, a valid way to play them, but not an original Genesis with a you know the original cart. Although for some of these games, Haunting is a good example. I did have that on Genesis, and even when I had mm-hmm. it new on the Genesis, I thought the sound of this music is not enjoyable because a lot of the Genesis games have that. It's not even that it can't play good music. We've already discussed it. There are some great games, this game included, that really sound well. But there's a lot that, I don't know if it's just the default library they gave developers, but they just have a lot of metally sounding noises, like grinding metal. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what else to call mm-hmm. it. Just not, not the best sound. So uh, I do believe that. I also do not have a CRT. I wish I did, um, but the last one I had was... Uh, not big, like, look at me with my giant TV, but it's so heavy and awkward and took up too much room that once I could get a flat screen, I was like, you know what? I'll take that hit. I don't I don't want this giant TV in my one-room condo at the time. I got rid of it. And, uh, and so I have uh, what I've been doing when I'm playing an older system, if I have, you know, if I'm playing it on a, like on the PlayStation Classic or something else, I have a small uh, little flat screen TV we bought for one of the, the other rooms in my house that didn't really need a TV, but but whatever. And so it, it's only, it, it basically looks like a 13 inch TV. And on those TVs, even with HD and everything else, those old games kind of look like they would have on a CRT. I know it's not the same, uh, but I also, you know, do factor that when I say a game looks bad. I understand games don't look as good on, on today's TVs as they would have on an old CRT, but there are some games, like we mentioned Contra Legacy of War, that I don't care what you're watching it on, it looks terrible. Mm. A lot of the early 3D even at the time, was not amazing looking, uh, but but especially now, just almost, you know, like the first Tomb Raider. Everyone loved the first Tomb Raider, but play it again now on any TV. It's just not, it, it's not as magical as you thought it was. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's totally, you know, you're right when you say that they, that they were actually designing these games for scan lines, uh, generally. They expected those to be there, because that's what TVs, you know, that's how we viewed things. Everything had scan lines. And especially like even like 2D games, like that was just something that they factored in when they were making the game as to how it was going to look. So I, that's kind of why I've always been a fan of scan lines for like the like classic games. I mean, most things don't actually implement it right, like newer, like mini consoles or things like that. But when done right, I think scan line games like look better than just like sticking the, the the pixels on there by themselves. I think that's what the original intent of, of how they were supposed to look. Um, and I, I've just, that's kind of the way, even like the, the most recent video I put on YouTube, Boogerman, I, I decided to throw some like actual, like for realsy scan lines on there, like how it would actually look if you played it on a scan or scan line TV. And it's, I, to me, I enjoy it. Like that's just a, a look that I enjoy. Now there's a lot of people that love that pixel look and they're going to go straight for that. That's fine. Uh, it's just totally objective. But growing up with that look, that scan line TV look, I, I always enjoyed that. And as for the Genesis chip, you're totally right. Uh, it, it does sound different on, on anything. It actually sounds different on which m- uh, model of Genesis you, you choose. Like it can, that chip was just so strange in how it was done that Sega couldn't even get it right going from one Genesis to another. So even going from like the original Genesis uh, to the even the, uh, the the slimmer Genesis over to like the Nomad and things like that, the sound was completely different. So yes, it is it is one of those things that it's really hard to get right unless you're just listening to it on that original console. Um, and depending on what original console you're listening to, it can kind of sound different. So it, it is a very strange sound chip, and it's one of those things that's for as, forgive me for as bad as it sounds it amazes me that it is one of those things that's so hard to get right uh with each iteration uh and it may just because of, of what you mentioned with how advanced that sound chip was uh, back in the day uh or just maybe they wanted to cut cost or something like that uh but yes i do agree it, it is very different depending on what you listen uh, to that uh, genesis game on is just what it's going to sound like but overall, it's not going to be that much different. It's still going to be that that unique sound just that you get from a Genesis. 
And even if you're listening in on, onto it like uh, an original console, like I was, it's it's not always great. But uh, today's game can show that that it can uh, that it can also be amazing when it's done right. So our next episode, we're going to cover uh, one of the few games based on skateboarding. And no, it's not the one I'm pretty sure you're thinking of. So you'll have to tune into our next episode to find out. But until then, please find us on Retrovania.net where you'll find links to our YouTube channel, our Twitter page, our Facebook, basically anything Retrovaniacs related. And also our amazing question form. If you want to send us a question, we will answer it, most likely, unless you only ask us what that mouth is. And we will see you next time.